Cast. And it's like anything else, like I'm trying to do content creation. I'm a couple months in and I know a million more things than I did a couple months ago just because now I'm in it and the roads make themselves apparent once you start walking down the road. But before you start walking down the road, you have no idea the left and the right turns. So action will be the best teacher. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Watchstander Series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S., and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this show become a top-performing podcast, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking specifically about the issues that men face in their careers, marriages, and families, and what they can do to become their absolute best. My guest is Jeff Higgins. Jeff is the founder of the Men's Victory Alliance, and in this episode, I talk with Jeff about how he transformed his life through physical fitness, mental toughness, and an unconventional approach to his career. Now, if you're listening in and you're feeling stuck in any part of your life right now, you need to listen to this insightful conversation with Jeff. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Higgins. Jeff is the founder of the Men's Victory Alliance. He is a self-employed real estate investor with over 18 years in the industry. He currently owns and self-manages a portfolio of 89 rental units in Massachusetts and in Florida. He coaches men to help them find their inner strength to become the best versions of themselves. Jeff has personally transformed his life through physical fitness and developing mental toughness, and I am excited to have him on the show to talk specifically about the issues that men face and what they can do to become their absolute best for their families, communities, and at work. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the Deep Leadership Podcast. Uh, Very excited. Thank you. Yeah, man. It's great to have you, Um, and uh, I'm really excited about this interview because I think you have taken a different approach to your career, first of all, and then now what you're doing to help men, I think, is something that is really interesting to me, and I think it will resonate with a lot of our listeners. And so that's where I wanted to start us off. So you took a non-traditional approach <laughs> to your career. Uh, how did you end up um, having a passion towards real estate and moving in that direction towards you know, managing all these properties, buying and managing all these properties? 
Yes, I've been very unorthodox. Uh, I wasn't a good student. I didn't really like school, and I got out of school and I got a job, and it, it just wasn't the way I wanted to live with the commute and getting up when I had to, and you know all the all that went with it, having a boss telling me what to do. And when I was a kid, I was always very interested in money, even when I was very young. I remember my grandmother had a very big influence on me. Um, she was a product of the depression, but she became an investor and she also liked to gamble on horses and she liked, she taught me how to play poker and she taught me probability and odds. My dad was also an investor and he would talk to me as a kid, like I was an adult and he would talk about stocks and, uh, gold and commodities and stuff. So I always had my eye on it, but I struggled with liquid securities. I couldn't touch them and I couldn't grasp them and I couldn't understand how I was going to make that a reliable income. So I was looking for more and I was reading about real estate. There was no one in my family that was a real estate investor, but it made sense to me. I could touch it. I could make predictable monthly income. So I said, I'm going to try this out. And that's how I do things. If I try things out and they don't work, I leave. If I try things out and they start to work, I head in that direction. So real estate started to work and I went all in and I haven't looked back. That's fantastic. And how long have you been doing it to where you're, that's your, your prime source of income? About 2007 and eight. So when I quit my first job, I actually played online poker for a couple of years. So I started investing in real estate as I was slowing down the online poker. So they kind of overlapped. And once I saw real estate was working, I was smart enough to be like, I better concentrate on this. It makes sense. I could see this being a future. So 2008 ish, I've probably been full time since then. Uh, that's fantastic. And, you know, we we know each other. Uh, we've known each other for a while. And I watch your lifestyle compared to my lifestyle. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I run a company. I have employees. I'm here. I have to be here, you know, for my employees. And I look at you and you're, you, you live a different lifestyle than me. And, and I think you even said at one point that that what I do or what we do as entrepreneurs is much more complicated than what you do. Is that is that fair to say or... Or how would you describe your being a real estate investor versus someone like me trying to run a manufacturing company? Every single day, I think that thought. I talk to people, business people. I have an angel investment in a company and I see what they're doing. So much harder. People would not believe, once you optimize, once you get down the road, how easy you can do real estate. And I don't have a property manager. Uh, probably takes me about 10 hours a week on average to manage 89 units and also make acquisitions, uh, making two acquisitions this month. The financing, it's its a lot easier than it looks from the outside. Uh, every time I hear that, I'm thinking to myself, why did I go to engineering school and why did I, why have I done all this work? It's, but um, no, but I think it's great. And I think one of the things that you've taught me as I've watched you and and listened to you is this idea of making your money work for you and 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 investing in assets that create a return. And I think you've you've done I've taken a long time, but now you've done it to the point where um it's a fairly comfortable uh like you said, if you can do it 10 hours a week and and pay, you know, pay yourself, you know, a salary, you're doing pretty good in comparison to a lot of other people. It's been amazingly financially rewarding. I mean the rewards of leverage over a long period of time, buying more assets and then the biggest ingredient time, you know, if you leverage a bunch of assets and you hold them for 10 or 15 years, the rents are a lot higher than they were 10 or 15 years ago when I was taking out the loans, the loans stayed fixed, but the rents went so much higher. So, um, if you can be patient and do your short term actions aligned with your long term goals, you'd be very happy in the future. Cause I'm, I'm sure glad I got into real estate a long time ago. I stuck with it. 
I enjoy it. Um, it's a colorful business. Uh, you get to deal with people. I am providing a service and a value to the public, which is satisfying. But um, yeah, it's a great business. It's hard to understand until you're in it all of the benefits between the loan paydowns, the appreciation, the cash flow, the tax advantages, all of it combined, and the illiquidity, which liquidity is, it traps human nature. You make mistakes, but it's hard to panic sell a building. You got to hire a lawyer, you got to list it, you got to do contracts, not just click a button. So you make less mistakes with real estate, which is why I think it's a better play for most people. Interesting. Interesting. So what are some of the challenges of self-managing a portfolio of these 89 units? Uh, I imagine you've had some interesting experiences with tenants, uh, vendors, uh, lenders, contractors. Um, I, is, I would imagine, and two, doing it in two different states. Um, are there there's some some challenges? What are some of the challenges of doing that kind of work? There are a lot of challenges. And of course, from the outside, you hear all the nightmare stories about how tenants are going to wreck your house and stuff like that. That does happen, but it happens less frequently. So as you scale, it becomes a small percentage. Um, things do come up. I have all the colorful stories, but they happened a lot more early on. Now that I know what to expect, I'm able to set expectations up front. And that's, that's a big deal because I own mostly class C properties, which are low income and middle income. I provide a great value to them, but what I do not provide is a concierge service or a white glove service. So as long as I can communicate that from the very beginning, which I do now, it becomes much easier because no one's surprised. I tell them exactly what to expect. Now, the two states thing is very interesting because it's much more difficult to manage properties in Massachusetts than it is in Florida because of some legal and political reasons. But um, I'm glad I started there and came down here because it got easier when I got down here. I don't know that I could do it in the reverse. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can only imagine some of those. So some of those differences, having you know, grown up in New England and and went to school in Massachusetts, absolutely. So, um, so what about leadership? You know, uh, I imagine you 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 were in a leadership role when it comes to dealing with your contractors and and people that are helping you with your various properties. So how do you approach leadership when it comes to the people that you need to work with to keep your properties maintained and operating well? Leadership's absolutely uh, an important part of what I do. And when I look back on how I developed the relationships, I kind of did it well intuitively. And now I kind of look back and understand what I did. And what I did is I, I could just say I'm, I'm cool with people like I hire people and if they treat me badly, I get rid of them quickly. Mm. You know, I gave people second and third chances early on and it never worked out. You know, on the flip side, when I hire someone and they do a good job, they're on time, they communicate clearly and they earn some trust with me. Now I try to treat them even better than they treated me. What do you need? You need me to pay you quickly. You need me to pay you properly. You need me to communicate and be reasonable with you. So golden rule, I treat others as I want to be treated. But then especially with some blue collar people, they're surprised by how much respect I show them because they have skills I don't have. I can't fix plumbing. I can't fix electric. I value them. And if you're going to be a competent worker and help me achieve my goals, I do respect you. So I communicate to them how much I value them. And then they see that sometimes they're disagreements. Like I don't use a property manager, but I do have a contractor who interacts with my tenants in Massachusetts. Mm. When there is a discrepancy, I make sure they know I have their back. And they value that because I'm backing them up because of the trust they've earned with me. And I think I think my leadership is effective with the contractors and it's we're in a good spot. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you touch on a lot of those things like respect. That's a big part of it. Having their back when things go, uh, you know, awry with the with the uh, the tenant. Um, these are just these are universal great leadership traits in general, you know. And again, treating people with respect, just like you said, there are people in in our businesses that work for us that that do things that we cannot do, right? I cannot test current transformers. I have a guy that does that, right? And he's really good at that. And I'm going to make sure I take care of him because without him, I can't ship product, right? So it's about the idea of having respect for the the people that work for you that are providing some sort of uh, service or activity that you can do as a leader. So I think that's uh, that's great. I think the idea of respect. And the other thing is quite taking quick quick action when someone isn't working out. And, that's, and we do that in business as well. If you have an employee, especially in a small business that doesn't work out, you got to get rid of them. Otherwise, you're, you know, 20% of your workforce is now compromised in a small business if you have a bad employee. So uh, taking action quickly is a big part of it. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think sometimes landlords get a bad rap. And uh, why do you think that that's the case? And, and has, has it gotten worse during COVID? Has it gotten, is it starting to get better now? I mean, it seems like landlords are are sort of, everyone's complaining about landlords these days. This is interesting, and I've experienced this recently because I'm getting more active on Twitter, and some people have a lot to say to me about landlording. And it's misdirected anger, really. Um, There's income inequality, which has been growing, and the media seems to try to make everyone angry at each other, and they don't want to blame the real culprit. A lack of understanding of economics causes it. You know, I don't set market rents. Uh, I mean, I can't charge what what I want to charge. I have to charge what the market will bear. So really, I have no play in it. I am just taking what the market offers. So sometimes people are late on rent and they might take it personal when I send a legal notice, but um, you know, they have a good reason in their mind, but I have to communicate to them that the bank won't accept their reason as payment, nor will properties, taxes or insurance. So I can't really, or they'll take the house from me. So it's misdirected. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we, we want to blame the, we want to blame the person who's not us, you know, and the person that seems to have the money, or the ownership, that's the person we want to point our finger to. But again, you provide an important service, right? And uh, these properties are places that people can live, or, you know, raise their families and what have you. And so you're you're taking a lot of risk by investing in these properties. And so, again, you've got to pay your bills too, for sure. If I could say one more thing too, there are some landlords that do do the wrong thing and there's some well-deserved angst at them. And it is very important to know what your responsibility is. Like when I rent someone a house, if their heat goes wrong or if their AC goes wrong, I will, I need to fix that immediately. And if I don't do that, I'm committing something not good, some form of fraud or something. You need to be there for them. Um, but if you're fulfilling your responsibilities, you're not a villain, you're providing value. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so if, if someone was listening in and just saying, wow, this is interesting, I've never even thought about real estate and, and that it could actually be a career um, if someone was interested in getting started, what advice would you just give them if, you know, straight up? The very first thing you do is I would recommend you study your local market. Now, it can be difficult if you live in New York City or San Francisco because prices are so, so high. But that being said, I like to invest near my house because I am a fan of managing your own properties, especially from the beginning. The first step is research. You know, you want to keep an eye on what's going on so that when something is mispriced, you'll actually be able to realize it because you've researched what the sales are and you have a feel for them. Maybe you go to some open houses so you can tell why did that house sell for more? Why did that house sell for less? 
once you do some research for a while though, get started. Um, don't, don't try for a home run, dip your toe in. And then if it doesn't work, you've only lost a little, you know, and if it works, then you can proceed and add more exposure. And the yep. thing about real estate is there is a lot of different ways, a lot of different niches to make money. Um, I am an annual guy. I do not do short-term rentals. I don't like them, but I see a lot of guys doing pretty well with them. Uh, commercial, I don't touch. People do well in commercial. You need to start so that you can find the road that's going to work for you and head down that road. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutrition, habits and more to the next level with his step-by-step all-inclusive coaching program. Now I've worked with Jeremy for the past year and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built, and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today life is hard but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier hi my name is blue Tulusma. i'm a writer and emotional intelligence coach and the host of humanized with blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room a great conversation is almost guaranteed Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. What I'm hearing is that you get better over time, and it's just like anything else. Uh, we suck at anything that we start at, right? In the beginning, I'm sure you weren't very good at this and you were, you know, feeling your way through it. But over time, you've developed like a, a way to think about what properties make sense, a way to think about how to handle tenants and how to handle, you know, uh, rent payments being laid or when there's a problem at the facility or at the property, excuse me. 
Um, but would you say that uh, it, it, you got to get started and you've got to just keep learning and don't worry if you if you suck in the beginning because you'll get better at it just through experience? Is that typically what you've seen through your experience? 100%. And it's like anything else. Like I'm trying to do content creation. I'm a couple months in and I know a million more things than I did a couple months ago just because now I'm in it and the roads make themselves apparent once you start walking down the road. But before you start walking down the road, you have no idea the left and the right turns. So action will be the best teacher of anything with that. Yeah, I'm big, a big believer in that. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that has worked out for you uh, in your experience with, with real estate. So uh, let, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, now, you, um, now you're helping men and you're, you're coaching men and helping them sort of solve problems in their lives. And and, and, and you have gone through some in your life. I just want, thought you'd share some of the things that you personally faced in your life and how you overcame them, how, how uh, physical fitness is a part of that, mental toughness is a part of that. Maybe just share a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are, where you're at today and how much uh, did physical fitness, mental toughness sort of help you in your, your journey? Absolutely. It's made all the difference in the world. And I am a different person today than I was five years ago. I had imposter syndrome and I had some insecurity. So I was having some professional success and I even had a good marriage, but I didn't fully own that I was the man. You know, I doubted myself. I played it off as luck or I'd rationalize it or something. Uh, I lost my mom at a young age. Having a less than pleasant childhood left me with some mental and emotional gaps that I needed to fill. And I had to face my childhood demons head on. I had to acknowledge that I didn't have the best childhood. And then once I faced the reality and accepted it, um, it allowed myself to grow. And the physical fitness is so important because you show yourself that you're capable of something. You know, I know I wanted to be in shape, but now when I walk by the mirror, I say, I did that. You know, every day I've proven to myself, you can't take that from me. And I've had a long journey with fitness. Um, I quit drinking alcohol eight and a half years ago and I traded that for a lot of cardio and I did a lot of running and then I did an Ironman and I got really skinny. And then I said, you know what? I want to put on some muscle and that I never realized how important for mentality lifting weights was. I wouldn't have believed it if you told me until I experienced it, but lifting weights and getting stronger, it's done something magical for my mentality. It's just made me much less worrisome less anxiety. You know, it's just been a great, great thing. Interesting. I know, you know, like the, the steel doesn't lie. Like when there's 225 on the bar, it's 225 on the bar. It doesn't matter what kind, what your mental state is. If you're going to lift it, you're going to, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take a certain amount of effort. And the fact that you see, you know, over time you see, you know, one plate, then two plates, then, then three plates getting on that bar. It's, it's confidence, right? It, you, you build, you build confident. You feel like, oh, I, I have the ability to get better. I have the ability to do difficult things. And uh, is that part of it as well? Yeah, 100%. Just getting physically stronger, um, it snowballs into mental stronger. And the world treats you differently. You know, now that I walk around with better posture and with a better physique, I feel like I'm a better coach at my daughter's softball games because the kids are looking up to me and like, man, look at this guy. You know, he's not, he's in his forties, but he can still beat us in a race. And you know, it, it's, uh, you, I get to inspire some people for it. And that in turn makes you feel good. And then mentally you feel better and you're happier. And it's just, it all works really well together with any self-development. Don't neglect the physical side. It's more important than you realize until you've done it. At least it was for me. 
Yeah, yeah, excellent. I, yeah, same here, and I, and I really appreciate that message. It's really important. Uh, now, you and I um, met through the Fraternity of Excellence, and they're a sponsor of this uh, podcast. Uh, we're both members. How would you describe the Fraternity of Excellence, and how has it helped you? FOE has been uh, crucial for my growth, and it's something that I wish more men had access to. A lot of people don't realize that there are these communities of men getting together for accountability as we're trying to improve. Uh, it's been an amazing thing. I've seen not only myself, but so many other men grow by leaning in, asking questions. We share the notes of what helped us and we keep each other on track. And we're not talking about frivolous stuff. You know, we're not talking about pro sports or partying. We're talking about fitness or we're talking about how intentionally are you parenting your children? The really good stuff. And we all grow as a result. And having the place that I return to every single day for that accountability, that keeps you on track. Um, seeing everyone else lifting and in good shape, that keeps your mind on the gym. So you know, we're, we're always distracted and we're always being fed information. And if you're getting it from your phone or from the TV, they might not be telling you to go to the gym. But if I'm with my friends that are in my community, they're reminding me to do all the right things. And it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny because you mentioned sports. You know, I, I was a football guy. I loved the uh, New England Patriots, right? I grew up in New England. And, and, uh, if I look back at my history, you know, sometimes you get a post on Facebook, like, Oh, let's look back at eight years ago. I was posting stuff about football. That's all I cared about. I, I hardly watched a game this past season. I, you know, I'm working on so many different things now that are important to me, like my, you know, my, my family, my, my, my relationship with my wife, my business, right. My, uh, I'm working on a PhD. I'm, I'm, I'm running this podcast. I'm doing so many things that football, I don't have time to even, even think about it. It's not that important to me anymore. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's not important to me. And we it's sort of like we shift a little bit and we morph into focusing on the things that are really important versus the things that maybe distract us in life. 100%. I don't even know where I'd find the time. I used to like to watch sports. I liked hockey, but I have no time for it. I'm, I'm working on stuff that's important to me and it's way more fulfilling. I'm happier. I don't yeah. want to waste that time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so if you look at some of the, you know, some of the areas where men struggle, uh, what what do you see and, and what sort of advice or how do you help them? Where, where are the areas that men get stuck? I think... You know, there's so much overlap between where men find their issues. Um, so very similar to where I struggled, you know, insecurity, fear. Fear is like the overwhelming or the overlapping thing with everyone. People um, are afraid to roar. You know, they're they're just <laughs> suppressing themselves. You know, they're, they're not unleashing themselves on the world. They're hiding a little bit of their true selves because we're kind of told to. You know, the media kind of insinuates that being manly is bad or perhaps mm -hmm. toxic. And when you're when you're told to suppress true things about yourself, that's not good for you. Um, so I think we're suffering as a result from that. And what's needed is just to realize exactly what's going on. Realize that your masculinity is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing to be embraced. Um, when you embrace your strength, you're able to lead your family more effectively. You're able to influence your community more effectively. You know, when I started leaning into what are my responsibilities as a good man, I realized I need to be active in the community. I need to be coaching this team, not watching this team. So embracing those things that maybe society tells me aren't good, but that I've learned are in fact good. I would like other men to do that as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when we tap into what our natural instincts are as men, we we are better 
we're better leaders, we're better providers, we're better protectors. We're, you know, it doesn't mean that we treat people without respect. It just means that we are more doing what we naturally are gifted to do, which is to which is to lead, which is to provide, which is to protect. That's our natural tendency. You know, if you take, you know, if you take any any guy out there when he's when you ask him when he's what he's most satisfied is typically when he's providing, protecting, inspiring, leading, and it's 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 part of our DNA. It's not toxic. It is who we are. One hundred percent, yeah, and that's actually why I've been so passionate about FOE and also starting the Men's Victory Alliance. So I love FOE, and I'm a lifetime member, and I'll always be there. But I um I have all this time, and fortunately, I have some financial resources, so I kind of want to spread the light to a lot more people. And if I can, if I can get the word out there, maybe through some advertising, I, I want to be able to show more men what we have and bring it to them and also have my own spin on it and share some of my financial tricks. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And I'm very passionate about it. Now oh, that's fantastic. So tell us what uh, men's victory Alliance is today and what is it going to be in the future? So today I am building out a resource, which will be a community, um, a men's forum where you will have access to me that I will be helping you grow. Um, we'll be focusing on money, mindset, and marriage. Um, cause those are the things I really like to talk about. I've, I had a good marriage and today I have a great marriage and it was very important to me to go from good to great. Um, I love my wife and I, you know, I see her every day, all day. So it was important to me to have excellence and not just mediocrity. I see so many men accepting mediocre relationships and it's not just them that they're accepting the mediocrity. They're also, you know, the wife is experiencing that as well. So mm-hmm. if we all want to raise our standards, everyone benefits as a result. So right now I'm building it out, um, collecting email addresses so that I can notify you along the way. I started my podcast. I have seven episodes and the podcast. I'm focusing on very specific strategies and tactics that men have used to level up in the past few years, especially guys in their 40s, because a lot of guys hit their 40s and they think, you know, they are who they are. And mm-hmm. you and me both know so many examples of guys that said, nope, I'm not this guy. I'm going to be this guy. Let me show you. And you can make drastic change whenever you decide you want to make drastic change. Yeah, that's really important. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I think in, in, in FOE, we have men of all different ages from 20s to their 60s. And, uh, and we're seeing those guys level up uh, all the time, you know, just keep getting better in their uh, in their marriages, in their uh, careers, in their physical fitness, and it doesn't, you know, just because you get like I'm 55, right? And I'm and I'm still working to get better. I'm, I said, you know, two three weeks ago, I set new PRs in the gym at 55 years old, right? So it just shows to show you. Look at, um, you know, we've got a mutual friend, uh, uh, Jerry, and uh, did you, I mean, you saw his pictures from the latest uh, fitness competition? Holy cow. I mean, what transformation he has made in five years, you know, and he's 56 years old. So it's, you know, just because you're in your, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, your sixties, doesn't mean you stop growing and, and there's always an opportunity to get better. And because I'm friends with Jerry and I see him growing, I grow harder as an exa- And that's why the group is so, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So Jerry's six months older than me. And so I see what he does in the gym and I'm, because there's no excuse. I'm I'm younger than he is, right? I'm six months younger than him. I'm like, all right, well, there's no excuse for me, right? And nope. so I think it's great. And and it's not that um, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, but no, it's not that. It's more, it's motivating. It's it what I always say is is these other men show you what's possible. 
that you you might say to yourself, oh, well, you might see somebody who says he's that age, right? And you, what's your first thought? Well, he's on steroids or he's, you know, he he's not doing the work. But I know Jerry and I, I've seen the work he's put in over five years and, and he's earned every bit of that, right? And I think that's the difference between when you're in a group like this, you... It's not just, you can't write it off because you see the work it takes to get there and, and it's a positive influence in your life. His consistency is contagious. You know, that's that's the type of guys you want to be around. You have to deliberately choose your friends these days. Can't happen by accident. Yes, yes, yeah. I think you are, you, you are basically the sum of the people that you're around all the time. And if you're around people that are constantly leveling up, it's going to help you as well. Uh, for sure, because you're you don't want to be left behind. <laughs> you know, I mean, they call it a fraternity of excellence for a reason. Nobody wants to be not excellent. You know, one hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, so you've got you've got the Men's Victory Alliance. You're starting to build that out. Um, and uh, so the podcast. What's the name of the podcast? It's the Men's Victory Alliance podcast. It's on Apple. It's on YouTube. All that good stuff. Spotify. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. We're, we'll go ahead and put links in the show notes for that. Um, so what final message would you, would you want to leave with our listeners today about, uh, maybe it could be about real estate. It could, could be about, um, uh, mindset. It could be about, um, uh, how to get unstuck, but what message you want to, would you like to leave with our listeners today? My message is that you can do it. And that sounds really vague, but it's true. And it is anything. It's your marriage, it's your money, it's your fatherhood. It's anything. I You can do more than you think. You, if it seems insurmountable, that's a lie you're telling yourself. Just mm-hmm. do the work and you'll be surprised at where you can get. Maybe not next week, but six months from now. Make your long-term goal, set your short-term actions to meet the long-term goal, and you're going to get where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great, powerful message. Uh, I can speak from my own experience that I've, I've achieved some amazing things in my life, and I grew up in a a town in, in, in New Hampshire, and I probably wasn't supposed to be doing the things that I got a chance to do. So you can do it if you put your mind to it, you focus on it, you don't quit, and you have the grit to persevere. You can do some amazing things. You've done some amazing things in your career uh, with physical fitness, uh, with your marriage. Uh, I congratulate you. And uh, really, I thank you for coming on the show and sharing uh, you know, what you've done and what you're planning to do with the Men's Victory Alliance. I think this is something that really men need, and I think it's going to be helpful. So, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show and sharing all this. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, Thank you again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. 
Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast.